So tell me now, babes, mm -hmm. why was there a six minute limit on the shower where you used Be to live? Because there was a timer and they wanted to um, conserve water, which I get, but, um, and you can do a lot in the shower for six, in six minutes, but you have to hustle. I, I didn't like that. Yeah, I like to luxuriate and take my time and enjoy myself in the shower. I like a good, I don't know, 10 to 20 minutes and that's about it. I don't stay there for an hour, but I know a lot of women and even men like to take hour long showers, but I like... 10 to 20 minutes at the most your old landlords were kind of weird too um well i don't know uh i think for the most part we got along pretty well um one of them i won't say who though i've had uh some run-ins with this person and in some ways it was a little bit difficult to, to um get along with this person i'll just say yes um we made amends um, we, we made amends after that. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was okay, but, uh, there was a couple times where I couldn't talk to this person because I was just afraid that she, you know, that this person was going to get in my business. And Do, are you ever going to email them? Because didn't you guys make some thing to impact the same contact when you left or no? Um, I mean, I'm sure that they're wondering how I'm doing. I should email them and, and see how they are because I haven't for a long time and it's been a couple years now. But traditionally, you don't like reaching out to people. What? I never said that. Okay. What are you talking about? Well, I, I've noticed with you. <laughs> Bubs. Every time I say that, every time you say I notice with you, it's like you're making an assumption already. Okay. Is that true? No. I mean, I may not be reaching out as often as you do, but that doesn't mean I don't want to reach out to people ever. Are you tickling me? I want to reach out and tickle you. <laughs> hey, you worry about how often you reach out to people, bud. Oh my goodness! Don't 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 act like uh, one of my relatives in my family who expects me to reach out to everybody. All right, give me a kiss. No. All right, well then there's still hey! people. Hey! Okay, okay, okay. All right, give okay. me a kiss. Ah. <laughs> no, no, it's just something I've noticed, babes. <laughs> I had to go on it over and over again. When I was reading that book the other day about that anti-social dude. Hey! Like, what? Oh, you didn't let me finish my sentence. What? Okay. I'm thinking to myself, some of this sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> what? What are you trying to say, Bubs? I'm not anti-social. <laughs> Bubs, come on. Okay, that's, it. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. You say sorry. Give me a kiss. Because you started. Say sorry. You broke the treaty. Say sorry. Oh, I sorry. I don't believe you. Sorry that I'm dating anti-social J. I am me, not anti-social. Give me a kiss. <laughs> Bubs, really. And in some ways, living with them might have been a good lesson about Christianity for you. Because if memory is serves me correct, they were looking for a good Christian woman. <laughs> what? Are you making fun of me again? No, I'm not. But, and, and am I correct on that? Or am I wrong? Yeah, yes, they were looking for another Christian woman to live in, in their um, 
their extra bedroom. What do you think of their form of Christianity? Um, why? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, what other forms are there? Well, I, I don't know how they practice babes. Well, I don't really tend to talk about my, um, my landlord's, um, spiritual practices. Okay. I mean, they went, they went to church, they, um, read their Bibles, they, um, homeschooled their daughter for many years, um, and, um, they always, um, made decisions together. They didn't just, you know, make decisions independent of each other mm -hmm. because they felt that that's how, um, husbands and wives, um, should do that. Um, and they were just, um, very, uh, very polite and generous, uh, people. I know. I thought that you bought all their food. No, no, no. I bought ingredients. Okay. I bought ingredients because if I was going to eat with them, I don't really want to talk about that, bubs. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I bought ingredients for them for a while and it just got expensive and that's all I'm going to say about that. Nice. Are they going to get into the good place? Do you think? I would hope so. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I think so. I mean, it's, it, that's not my, um, that's not my, I, I don't have the authority to decide that initially. Oh, I, I would hope that they will. I think that they, they will, um, judging by how they, um, how they are. Yeah. And they're not perfect people too, but they really have, um, you know, did done the best to show, <clears throat> especially their daughter, what it, means to um live as christians i mean they 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 do the best that they can nice yeah i i do think in all honesty they they were so kind to let me in because they didn't know anything about me they just did a um a search um like i think they put an uh an ad somewhere and um i just happened to apply for it <laughs> say that I, I you know i want it because i was desperate to look for somewhere to live and <laughs> They uh, took me in for eight years. So. Nice. There we go there. But, but when it was time for me to move, I really felt like it was time for me to move. Like, okay, I've been here long enough. I need to go. Yeah, spread your wings. As spread it my wings, yeah. And, uh, I'm a better per person for living here for two years. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I've been doing a lot of research in the universities over the past week. I don't know why. Okay. But the other day I was curious. Yeah. What's the university with the most like Nobel Prize winners there? Uh-huh. And from what I could read, apparently, I might be getting this wrong. I was a little bit confused about how they do the math. But the way I think they do it is they count the number of Nobel Prizes of everybody who's ever taught there before, at least in this list I was reading. So they were saying in total, Harvard is number one with like 161 Nobel Prizes that have wow. been won by people who have taught there. Really? I hope I'm getting that right. Huh. I forgot what number two was, but it, it might have been Stanford, but it only had like 100. So Harvard is like way in the lead. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I've always been fascinated by Harvard. I was once, babes, yeah. chasing after this girl, and my competition was a Harvard graduate. Really? Did I ever tell you that? No. Where, where was this? This I don't want to give too many specifics. This was more than a decade ago, though. So you were in your early 20s then? I was in my mid-20s. Only your mid-20s, okay. Yeah. And neither of us got the girl, though. So oh. I may not have been successful, but it... it Makes me feel good. You might have told me the story to know that even I even beat out a 
if I didn't beat out a dude from Harvard, I gave him a run for his money. Oh, okay. So that that's kind of a good thing. Okay. And then I knew a girl who went to Harvard. She got, yeah, I think she went there and she was a fan of my poetry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You may have told me the other Harvard story before. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've known almost every, almost every story that involves a girl in it. Ever told throughout history? No, by you, Bubs. Oh, really? Almost. Are you thinking, babes, about writing a book about my exploits then, since you know all the stories? No. Okay, cool. Why would I? I well, you decided I know almost every story with I, a girl. Well, I mean, you've been more than honest and uh, t- much to my chagrin about the women that you either got or you didn't get. Oh. Or that you were vying for. <laughs> okay. And I wasn't exactly happy with that. Oh. I'm sure you don't want to hear about... And I haven't, uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't dated a lot of people, but I'm sure you don't really want to hear about the ones who have, have, um, were vying for my attention. Yeah. I'm sure that you would, you would rather hear about other stuff. There's a great Chris Rock joke where he's like, I, I know I'm going to butcher because I butcher everything uh, when it comes to quotes, but he, he says that. You never want to ask a woman about her past dating experience. I'm cleaning this up a little bit for yeah. J-Lo. Yeah. Because whatever the number is, it's going to be too high for you and you don't want to know it. So a woman could say, I, I've been with two men before you. And the guy could be like, two? <laughs> two? <sighs> Must have been the way you were raised. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did I get tickled for that? Because you were just right here. Oh my goodness. I thought that was really funny when he said that. Okay. But then he's like, but you know, your girl won't count that night in the club or that night when she was on a trip and met somebody. I think Chris Rock, his stand-up specials are so funny, except for the one where he was shooting it in multiple locations. Oh. But he makes the worst movies. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this many times. Okay. He, he, he does, like, really bad B-movies, but his stand-up specials are really funny, as you said. But, but it's so strange to me, the duality, because if I hear that there's a Chris Rock special, yeah. I want to watch it immediately. Uh-huh. But if I hear that Chris Rock comes out with a new movie, I never want to see that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, because some comedians are better at acting, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think Adam Sandler is funny, was funny on... Um, SNL and I thought he what he had some funny movies but he he had some misses too obviously but yeah um if there's a new Adam Sandler movie I want to make sure it's funny um but I've never been like oh I never want to see his movie and maybe never is a strong term but I'm really turned off if I hear that Chris Rock is in a movie uh and I remember the last time babes that I watched the Chris Rock movie it was the one he directed called Top Five okay it was. Was it an independent one? Because I don't think I've heard it. Um, I don't know. I don't think a major studio backed it. I think he got private investors. Okay. But to put this in some context, a lot of people said this is a pretty good movie. Okay. And also, I watched it the day after I found out that my mom died. And the anniversary of me finding that out is actually tomorrow. Wow. But, so my view is going to be a little bit slanted. But I watched it and I'm like, this movie's just really bad. Wow. But he set the bar so low because his movies have sucked so much. Yeah. That even a movie that's really bad that has Chris Rock behind it can be considered okay because his movies just suck so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
in my opinion, in most people's opinions. Most people's opinions? I would think so. I haven't watched enough Chris Rock movies to really give an opinion, but I might have seen one. I might have seen a movie what he that he was in, but didn't really care about it. Yeah, because he's played small roles in movies. Yeah. But I would like to watch some of his comedy specials with you at some point. I think that would be fun. I did hear that his good hair documentary, um, a lot of people like that one. Mm. Yeah, I heard that's a fun one to watch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. you went to get ready for bed last night. Uh -huh. I decide to Google youngest person to graduate from college. Oh, right, right. Yes. I'm thinking, babes, when I do this, that there's going to be a lot of caveats. Mm -hmm. Meaning that this is going to be somebody from like 300 years ago when the education system was a lot different. They're going to be like 12, maybe. 12 would probably be the right age, I would think. Or Yeah, or they're going to be uh, from another country where the education system doesn't work the same that it does here. But at least as far as the U.S., they said that the youngest person to graduate college was an eight-year-old in California in the early 1990s. I couldn't believe it. Now, this was Wikipedia saying this. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like eight years old, and then you told me that he graduated high school at six. That's what the Wikipedia article and said. And then he got his bachelor's at 10 and a master's at 14. Yeah, like the family, I guess, moved to Alabama, but he continues his education. But do you know what he does now, according to Wikipedia? What's that? He's a teacher's assistant. Wow. So... All that education, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but you're assuming that he's in a, a teacher, a teacher's assistant at a community college. Well, no, I don't know where he's a teacher's assistant. I mean, it might have said, but I read it when I was kind of tired. Yeah. But still, you would think somebody with... Uh, now, okay. I see extreme forms of intelligence as almost like a superpower. Almost. Because it's it's like the closest, one of the closest things a regular person can have to like a, a super power, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree because you don't see a lot of people like that, yes. Yeah, and so you think that somebody with that level of intelligence would be at least a teacher instead of a teacher's assistant. But who knows? I mean, maybe he's planning to be a teacher in the future. He just isn't right now. But he's 38. I understand that, but, you know, maybe... You know, people change careers all the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are in the music field for a while and then they realize that their time in the music field is done and then they decide to get into education or they decide to add education. Um, or they end up uh, switching disciplines altogether and doing something completely different. Like I, I remember a long time ago when I was interviewing somebody in the field that I wanted to be in. She was a, a former flute teacher. Mm -hmm. She ended up um, leaving her job as a flute teacher and decided, and she was a private, she was a private uh, flute teacher and she decided to teach Pilates, which is totally different. Right, but okay, so maybe I read it wrong or maybe mm -hmm. Wikipedia wasn't correct. But it's it just- totally possible. Right, but it seems to me if I had that level of intelligence, there's so many different things you could do. Like maybe you teach part time, mm -hmm. and then you but you devote most of your time to writing books, you know, something like that is well, how I think you would 
go through life. That makes me think of that one guy I told you about when I, I met this cab driver in my early 20s. And he claims that he knew people from Earth, Wind, and Fire. And that he knew, like, the Beatles or whatever. And yeah. I'm thinking, why in the world are you driving a cab? I never got to ask him that. And I kind of thought maybe he was full of himself. Oh. Because he started dropping names. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you have a person in the back seat of your cab and all you want to talk about is how many musicians you knew? You know, I'm I was just like, really, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this guy for real or is he just full of himself? And it's one of those things. Maybe they met him and they don't like him. So he could have known them and they're like, as soon as they get famous, we're not talking to this dude anymore. Um, I have a question about that. Okay. You got some music degrees, but when you went in the cab, did you have an instrument on you or did he just bring this up without um, no, knowing I was, you were uh, into music? I wasn't taking any flute lessons at the time. So you just went into the cab I, I, and he, he didn't know. Up, he, I, I ordered a cab for school. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't have a flute on me. I wasn't taking any... Um, um, I was playing here and there, like at parties or whatever, if I had, um, if I was visiting friends or something, but I wasn't taking, uh, seriously taking flute lessons and I didn't have a flute with me at the time. Okay. Was this when you were going to that, uh, Christian music no, university? No, 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 no. This was in, uh, 2001. I was in my first year of college and I was, uh, taking, I eventually did take a music class. Right, but this wasn't at the Christic Music N School. This was not at the... Um, P SPU. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, he's probably just one of those guys who likes I to Yeah, I didn't have, a, I didn't have an instrument on me at all. In fact, I don't even remember telling him that I played an instrument yeah. and that I was really into music because I was thinking, is this guy for real, really? Yeah. Why are you driving a cab if you know all these... Musicians, why couldn't you be in a band? I don't know really what ha that has to do with that kid who graduated uh, well, 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 college. Well, I'm going to explain it to you. Go ahead. Because you were saying that because of his genius status, you yeah. thought that he would have been doing more with his life. And I was saying, compared to the cab driver I met, since he says he's claiming that he knows so many musicians, like the bassist from Earth, Wind & Fire. Mm-hmm. I would assume that he would want to be in some kind of a band. I forgot if he played an instrument or not. I, I'm I'm assuming he did. I would assume that he would already be in a band and they were, um, you know, making albums and stuff. Oh, interesting. That's what I was re referring to. Gotcha. Right. But some people are interesting like that. I yeah. don't know. Did you ever read that book, Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell? No, I think he told me about it. I, I know that Malcolm Gladwell has said some really cringy stuff recently. Mm -hmm. And and it cringe to me too. Not just okay. cringe to like, oh, the the extreme left think it's cringe. But what you, did he say? Well, I'll tell you what he said. And okay. I'll tell you because off the top, it doesn't sound it sounds a little bit weird, but it doesn't sound that cringy. So it's gonna need some context. Okay. And and then I'll get back to the story of outliers. So he and I, I hope I get this right. I saw clips of it. He was on a podcast saying that he doesn't like the culture of people working at home. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because he thinks that he, it demotivates people and they no longer have motivation. Mm -hmm. So off the top, you could say, well, maybe you agree with it. Maybe you don't, but that's not really that cringy. Here's where it gets a little bit 
more extreme though. Okay. So he owns a business and he was talking about trying to encourage his workers to go back into the office. Uh But the thing about Malcolm Gladwell is apparently this was known because a lot of his co-workers from New Yorker magazine came out and said this, that he worked from home before the pandemic and he would never come out into the office because he liked working from home. So it's, I I find the hypocrisy very, very cringy. It's, I mean, it's one thing if you're trying to encourage your workers to go to the office when you're actually going to the office, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But even when he was an employee, he w- he wanted to work from home. Really? Yeah, because he was an employee at the New Yorker. <clears throat> yeah, I find um, I am I find that I am getting less patient with people that are such hypocrites. Yeah, me too. I I I, I find that hip- hypocrisy is something that really tests my patience. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, I would like to uh, be more consistent with myself. But if somebody else isn't consistent, it really frustrates me. Yeah, and I think the way you counteract that with your uh, interactions with people is if you say something that seems like it's against your philosophy. Like, let's say I say, Alana, you should really practice music more, but I haven't picked up my guitar in a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe I also say, but you know what? I should probably, who am I to talk about this? Or I, this is right. something I could work on too. Or, or when someone tells me to do the same thing, but they're not doing something that sh- they should be doing. Yeah. I can't stand that. It's like, who am I to tell somebody what to do with their life if I need to work on myself? Because yeah, I do have flaws. Yes, I should be practicing more for sure. I can admit that. But who am I to tell somebody to uh, what uh, for them to uh, or what who am I to tell somebody what to do with their day? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the right to do that. Now, having said all of that about Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. the 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 thing I will say is I like a lot of his books. I think he's a really great writer. And I know that's easy to say because he's gotten a lot of acclaim. But I do think in his case, it's kind of justified because I've read. I want to say four or five books from him, and I've really liked each of them. So I've read, let me see, I've read What the Dog Saw, which is an mm-hmm. anthology of articles he wrote for The New Yorker, uh-huh. Outliers, um, David versus Goliath. You told me that one was good. That one's really good. Mm-hmm. And did I, I think I might have read Blink, but I have to check my Goodreads list mm-hmm. and maybe one more. But so I've, I've, I've read a fair amount of this stuff and I do really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, but, um, um, yeah, but hypocrisy on his part was, um, not a good look for him. Yeah. Okay. So so the reason I brought him up was about outliers and Mm -hmm. we were talking about that kid. Yep. I want to say it's in outliers. He talks to some guy who has a, he's like off the charts smart. Mm -hmm. And I think he studied physics and he was like really, really intelligent. So it was either that or mathematics. But now he works as like a security guard. Wow. And he, I think he, now I read Outliers like 10 years ago, but I believe yeah. he, he either worked as a security guard then or he used to work as a security guard and he also owns a farm with his wife. Hmm. And that's what he does with his life. So, this brings up an interesting question because mm-hmm. we could look at the guy from Outliers or we could look at the guy who graduated um, college 
at eight in high school at six, which is incredible to it me. It is, and I know. I, I, it's, it's something that I can't fathom. Yeah, and it's easy for me as an outsider to say these people are wasting their lives. They're so, so valuable to our society. What are they doing with themselves? Mm-hmm. But from their perspective... Is it a waste of their life if they're happy doing what they're doing? Exactly. Like yeah. I've I've heard stories of people that were that started their own business and they're the, they're the CEOs of their business, but they're completely miserable because they're away from their wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And they decide, hey, um, I want to do something better with my life, something that will um bring me home, um, at a good time so that I can be with my family, but I also love doing it and maybe. You know, if you think of it on the other um, on the other side, maybe that's not what they want to do. And they they decided to do something that maybe people wouldn't think that they should be doing, but it makes them happy and it makes them um, if they make they feel fulfilled afterwards. So. um, So, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting, you know, maybe I'd, I mean, I personally, if if I'm going to do a job. I would rather go to the office. I would rather have a hard day at the office or wherever it is I'm working. But a lot of people um, decide that they don't like working at the office and they have a, a an option to work from home and maybe that works for them. But I don't know. It, it It's interesting to think about. Okay. It's, it's fascinating stuff to me. It is, yeah. And maybe... Like, this is why I'm the idiot and there's somebody out there who graduated from college at age six because he realizes that it's not just about getting through school and writing some cool books and getting, you know, dating all these women and being treated like an academic rock star. It's about giving back and being a teacher's assistant is how he feels that he can give back the most. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, you know, and I don't know, maybe that cab driver who knows... Um, who supposedly knows a lot of musicians. Maybe the reason why he's a cab driver is because he wants to be personable with people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't feel very, like he was very personable with me in his cab. So, oh, uh, we'll see. He's like, get in. Uh, I knew Earth, Wind, and Fire. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't that extreme. But he, all he could talk about was who he knew. And yeah. I just thought, I just felt kind of like, okay, this is, are we going to talk about this the whole time? Or what, you know? Do you even care about how I'm doing? I don't know. You know what I was thinking about last night, babes? Uh Uh-huh. And I wish I could say the guy's name. I know what it is, but you know how I feel about saying names here. Oh, okay. But when I moved to Kona in 2003, Uh I met a, a guy there who had all these tall stories. and Kind of like Big Fish? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I met him because, you know, I got, I was very heavily involved in the poetry community out there. Is that the one guy you told me about? Um, He has an African name. Oh, no, no, that that dude's my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We were no longer in contact, but um, I wish him well. It's not like we had a huge falling out. But anyways, he knew this guy too from from that same world. But anyways, so, so here's what happened. Yeah. So he would tell me all these stories and then it would come time to do things. Mm-hmm. And um, he blew me off the first couple of times and he mm-hmm. kept talking about, oh, I have all this great poetry and he would read it to me. And I'm thinking, this isn't that good. <laughs> okay. And the only time I think he didn't blow me off was when he wanted to help re-deco- refurnishing his house. So I helped him like that afternoon. Oh, wow. 
Really? Only? Yeah. Okay. And, and like, I kept asking around, is this guy for real with all these stories? And uh-huh. Most people were of the consensus that he's a little bit weird. Uh-huh. And last night I just thought, I wonder whatever happened to that dude. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking about people and we know, well, we know a couple of people that tells um, tall tales, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. And I, uh, those people kind of frustrate me too, actually, because it's like, well, are you ever going to tell the truth? <laughs> or is it going to be a half truth? Like, this is actually true, but this isn't ha- actually true. Yes. And I'm just thinking, come on now, are you really going to tell me something that is true? Or am I going to keep on guessing until I get so frustrated that I hound you for the truth? I love a good story. So Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more tolerant of those types of people than uh, you are and than most people are. Because if you, if you, I'm an easy, I'm an easy lay. If you tell me a good story, you have me in the palm of your hand. But where it can get really frustrating is sometimes if you need somebody to show up in a particular way yeah. and they don't and you ask them about it and they just can't give you a straightforward answer. Like what really frustrates me is when I talk to somebody about music and I've told them my uh, musical accomplishments and what I want to do. And then when it comes time to say, hey, uh, um, I'd like to hear you play an instrument and they won't do it. Exactly. Or I'd like to hear recording of you playing instruments and they don't have any oh. or they don't have, they don't know anyone who recorded them. And it's like, how frustrating is that? It really is frustrating. Um, and, um, but, but for me, you know, I want to pick up my flute and play something for somebody if they want me to play it. But if they can't pick up whatever instrument it is, because they don't either, either they don't know how to play it or they haven't played it in years. That really, really gets on my nerves. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, why did you tell me this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then just and then the whole story just falls apart. Yeah. Or if somebody says that this is just an example, if somebody says like they have a degree in psychology, and I ask them a brain question like, what is the part of the brain that's responsible for dot dot dot, and they can't tell me, and they're the ones who studied the, the they're the one who studied the brain. But doesn't that fall into? And now I'm not a. Um... A psychology major mm-hmm. uh so i i could have this dead wrong but doesn't that fall under like neuropsychology depends on what psychology it is because if you're talking about areas yeah of neuro like when you're talking about neurons it or neuro anything it has to do with the brain yeah but if you're just talking about like a reg a regular psychologist so there's like child psychologists there's a family psychologist, I believe. There's all different types of form. Yeah. I don't necessarily, they, they could tell you about the brain in general, but I'm not sure that all psychologists know like, to, that the hippocampus, for example, is associated with memory. They might, I but I'm think not that sure. they have to because I took like a psychology 101 class, I think it was, and my teacher knew about the parts of the brain, like the dendrites and the, um, the hippocampus, what that that is, you know, the occipital lobes, the parietal lobes, you know, I think the parietal lobe is the frontal lobe, if I'm not mistaken, and what that's responsible for. So she had to know that. And and when people are becoming, um, they want to study to be in the medical field, they have to know everything about the body. So I imagine that if a person is going to say that they have a degree in psychology and they're a working psychologist or whatever it is. 
I would imagine they would have to know the brain, the ins and outs of the brain, as far as where things are and uh, how things work. Maybe. What's the dendrite to you? I, I can't remember. Oh, my God. I, 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 I have to. Um, I unfortunately did not retain the information because this was back in the early 2000s. And it's possible that they don't, that all psychologists don't retain it depending on their field of psychology. Too. Well, well, my psychology instructor did know, but I, I right. But they're that. also teaching it every day. Yes. Versus a and, regular psychologist. And know. somebody made, I think it was like Doesn't a clay matter. model of the brain oh. for me. And, um, I've got to look that up. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say that I know how everything works because I lost a lot of that information. It well, was, it was quite a bit of information. So your hippocampus was not functioning properly that day. No, the, the hippocampus, um, retains is responsible for retaining memory. It's responsible for a uh, long-term memory, I believe. I thought it was responsible for all memory. And then again, this is how you can tell that I am not a um, uh, psychologist. I believe, you know, why don't I ask? Hold on. Yeah. Ask Miss A. Alexa, what part of the brain is responsible for short-term memory? But is that where the hippocampus is located? Hold on. Alexa. Where, where is the hippocampus located? The hippocampus is part of the temporal lobe. The temporal lobe is, uh, hold on. Alexa, where is the free print, where is the prefrontal code? Ah, hold, yeah, hold on. Alexa, tell me about the hippocampus. Alexa, stop. Hold on. Alexa, tell me about the hippocampus. Oh. Yeah, oh, so you have two of them. That's what it's... And they were located in different parts of the brain. I think that's what it is. Um, but if that hippocampus is... Um, if that hippocampus is damaged and your um, your memory is damaged. Your SOL. You want to keep your hippocampus in good shape. Right. Yeah. Good uh, hippocampuses are hard to find there. But I love <laughs> you, Dendrite J-Lo. Give me a kiss, Dendrite J-Lo. Mm. Let me go ask. Alexa, what are the dendrites responsible for in the brain? No, it's not right. Alexa, tell me about the dead. Alexa, tell me about the dendrites of the brain. Oh, okay. So they just kind of like connect different parts of the brain. I think they connect neurons. Nice. That's what it sounds like because um, when I was looking at a model of a brain, yeah. they were the, the things that were sticking out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Well, I love your dendrites. Okay. Yeah. The The brain is, is, is fascinating to me, to tell you the truth. It, it is. is. It yes. is. It is. Yes. 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 You know, we had a very, very sleepy day yesterday. I know. 
I, I'm glad I wasn't the only one because I was feeling it. I was like, I am so tired. I was too. Yeah. I, and you know this because I slept for like two hours after I got over here. And then when it came time for us to go to sleep, I was out immediately. Oh, yeah. For like seven and a half hours. Yeah, I was out too. I was really, really tired. Yeah. Um, and it could just have been because, it, you know, the cold doesn't help. Um, it's also darker in the morning now, right? It, it, it seems darker in mm-hmm. the morning. And then it gets darker earlier, so that doesn't help either. And um, I, I mean, we were both just extremely tired. I had a bad night's sleep the night before, plus we were flushing the rest of that Rona out of our system. I think it's pretty much gone. Um, and I know <laughs> I keep saying that, but the last thing to go might be a little bit of a cough and um, stuff related to sleep. Because I, I still yeah. have not been able to... Re- I, I know I, I might have had a dream mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon because I, I remembered something, but it went away as soon as I woke up. But yeah. I've not been able to retain any dreams I've had in like the past three weeks, long enough to put them down anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's not the... Um, maybe it's not COVID that's causing your... um uh you to not retrain, retain any of your dream... Your memories of your dream. Maybe it's just because... It just doesn't, you're not supposed to remember them. I don't know. Well, you're not remembering them right now. No, but what I'm saying is it's not that I would remember every dream before then, obviously. Yes. But I, it would happen often enough to where I could retain them long enough to write something down about them. Okay. Well, and, maybe... that, and they're just going out of my head or not happening at all. So, oh. but I don't know, but we're flushing that row now. Yeah. Cause uh, there are some stuff that was trying to come out of my, um, come out of my throat and i think it's it will this morning you heard me cough up something and then i blew my nose and it was really discolored ew not that you were asking no no well i'm glad that it got out of your nose though yeah ew (laughs) good it's leaving going bye-bye bye-bye yeah i was so tired because we were supposed to um marinate our chicken last night i wanted to and i was just like i do not have the energy we did it this morning though. Huh? oh my goodness <laughs> bubby what you stopped that Uh-oh. um so uh but we um we did it this morning uh. it is now marinating in uh my fridge and i think it's gonna be good I'm excited about it. I wish we would have done it last night, but I still think <laughs> it's going to taste good. Yeah, because we have to, we're going to marinate it for hours. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't feel too badly that we didn't do it the night before. Um, <laughs> but we were just exhausted anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but we did make pizza last night and I thought it turned out super good. Thank you, babes. I think your pizza crust is getting better all the time. Nice. And I'm not just saying it because you're my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm actually seeing it because your your pizza crust is really improving, and I really mean it. Oh, thanks, babes. Yeah, yeah. I I make it a fair amount, so it should be getting better. What are you doing to make it a little bit crunchy? Because I noticed that it was a little bit more crunchier. I I've been putting uh, more MSG into it recently. Ah. Because for many many years, 
people were told that yes, MSG adds to the quality of taste, but it's really bad for you. Oh, I've and been I, hearing that. I a lot think too. what they're discovering now is in high doses, it's bad for you. But not in not in like low low doses. Well, it's not that it's good for you either. Yeah. But it's more neutral than anything. Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't have a lot of it. But if you put a little bit of it in your food, it it'll add to the taste, and it's not the worst thing in the world for you. Yeah, it just it's just an added flavor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I know some people, I've heard of people having bad reactions to MSG though. Some people do. Yeah, but this, I mean, we're talking generally speaking. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, because um, I know my mom has like kind of um, been a little bit leery of MSG, which I kind of understand. But sometimes if you want to have good Chinese food, you'll notice that there might be a little bit of MSG in there and it tastes good. Absolutely. It does. We didn't get to listen to Music Planet last night because of the uh, Motown playlist. I think we should listen to it tonight, though, because uh, it's a good show, and I think you'd like it once you got into it. Oh, I thought we were going to... Are we going to listen to that and take the floor? Yes, maybe? we'll listen to that and take the floor. Okay. I love Take the Floor. Take I think, the Floor is really good. I think that's like the happiest Scottish show yeah. ever. It's good to be exposed to other things, too, though. I know, I know. Yeah, because the last time we listened to Music Planet, there was this uh, Filipino, the recording of this Filipino guy, mm -hmm. and the guy that was talking about it was kind of um, um, translating it in English, and I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that they, they are able to play some really, really obscure uh, pieces of world music. Yeah. So I liked listening to Motown last night. Yeah. My main problem was... And it was different from the past when we put on Motown through Amazon. But I kind of felt like it was Lionel Richie presents Motown music. <laughs> because there was just so much Lionel Richie on this playlist. Well, there wasn't just that. It, it you know, um, there, well, I mean, there were other people that show that, that, they, that it was played. Like, I, there was a few Rick James stuff um, that you liked. And... There was um, some Smokey Robinson, you like that? Yeah. And there was some Four Tops and Temptations. I know that, uh, obviously, I know that Rick James was signed to Motown, and you told me that so was Lionel Richie. Yes. But that's not what I think about when I think about Motown. But but yet to understand, I mean, Motown had a lot of people that you, you probably didn't know that was signed to it. I hear you. But when you think Motown, do you think... Um, do you think uh, Rick James or do you think the Supremes? Which one? Comes I mean, to your I mind think first? the Supremes, but you have to understand that Rick James was also signed too, and then and it wouldn't make any sense if they didn't that it didn't play Rick James. I hear you, but it skewed very heavily towards seventies and eighties music. So but it's not the, it's not under your control. But I'm telling you, this is why I was, babe. I'm telling you this. I is why, know. It's like if I said to you. I'm putting together a playlist of death, songs released on Death Row Records. Mm -hmm. And I had like one or two Dr. Dre songs, a song with Snoop, and the rest of it was like Crooked Eye and Superfly. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, okay, they were on the label. I didn't know that they were as prominent as you're making it seem. Yeah, but you have to understand, I don't know that world is as good as you do, so I wouldn't know that. Oh, my goodness. Okay? I, I really okay. wouldn't know that. Oops. Okay, very bad example. It's like if I put together a list of bad boy songs, you know Mace and yes. Puffy. You're aware and, and Notorious B.I.G. Yes. And I and I had one or two songs from them, and like the rest of the playlist was Black Rob. Mm 
yeah, we know Black Rob was on Bad Boy Records. But when you think Bad Boy, you think Mace, Puffy, and Big. My goodness. In my opinion. You act as if you know these people. <laughs> like you're friends with them. Mace, Puffy, and Big. Yeah. 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 I, they're like my... That's what you friend. think about when you think about Bad Boy. It doesn't mean that they didn't have other artists. Okay, here's a, here's a more understandable example. Go ahead. Because, like, okay, for example, Sirius... The serious channels on your TV, they have like 70s on 7, 60s on 6, whatever. Yeah. If there's a, a, for example, a 60s on 6 and you're listening to that and they play like a an, a 70s song, it shouldn't be on there. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And it's not that... And it's happened before. So it's not that you can't have Rick James or Lionel Richie on the playlist, but I don't think that they should be like dominating the playlist like they were last night. I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think they were dominating the playlist. There was one point where they played four Lionel Richie songs in a row. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They played Cruising. They that, pl- No, that's Smokey Robinson. No, okay, it was after Cruising then. They played like four of his songs like in a row. And at one point I say to you, another Lionel Richie song? <laughs> and maybe it was like two Lionel Richie songs and like two Commodores songs but he was the lead singer of the Commodores so oh my goodness <laughs> again mix it up I, I, I can deal with some of that but throwing throwing the classics too. I want to hear Martha and the Vandellas and Marvin Gaye and, you know we did hear Marvin Gaye we heard one Marvin Gaye song uh, we had two we heard two we heard what's going on what was the other one we, we heard okay actually it was three what's going on uh we heard uh, "Let's Get It On." We also heard um, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." We did okay. We did hear "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." I don't remember hearing "Let's Get It On." Yes, we did. Okay, but we were talking then. Oh, we were okay. Yes, that's a great song. Oh God, he made such great music. I know. Yeah, and I also heard uh, "The Ladies Loved Marvin Gaye." That's what I heard too. Yeah. Yes. Not only was he talented, but he was handsome. But and, Marvin Gaye's dead. And you know who his, his one of his wives was. Anna something? Yes. And you know Anna Gordy. Yep. Barry Gordy's sister. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anna Gordy. Yep. I have Barry Gordy's autobiography and I just haven't read it. I had no idea that Rockwell, and they did play this on the Motown playlist, which I thought was kind of cool. I had no idea that Rockwell was Barry Gordy's or is Barry Gordy's nephew. I believe that's the case. Yeah. So he yeah. grew up, you know, rich, obviously. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Diana Ross had a baby with Barry Gordy. Yeah, their daughter, right? Rhonda. Rhonda. But the thing with that is I don't think they established paternity until she was like 13. Like she tried to pass the kid off as somebody else's for the first 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. You don't. I don't. You don't. I don't. You don't. I don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. Yeah, that stuff is is interesting to me. It is interesting. I need to read more books about Motown. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting part of our um, American music history. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fascinating to me. They did like a mini series about Motown on NBC in the early two thousands. I didn't really get into it though. I didn't see it actually. I don't remember. What do you remember? What it was called? I think it was just called Motown. Um, or I might have been focusing on the Four Tops. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember seeing it. Yeah. No. They're one of the most important record labels 
in U.S. history, maybe the most important one. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, people always talk about stacks and and Atlantic records and death chess and sun and death row. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would go with Motown. Then probably, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Wow. Death Row is hurt by the fact that they didn't, as popular as their music was, and as many great artists as they have, they actually didn't put out that much music. If you look at, if you look at it. What about that one um, company, Murder Inc.? No, Murder Inc. made pop stuff, but no. Did it really? Uh, was it Ashanti a part of Murder Inc.? Ashanti was signed to Murder Inc. So is Ja Rule. But yeah. they, it was just like those two who are the big artists off in there. Right. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It didn't really make a lot of headway. No. I mean, they, they both had hits, but that was just two artists on the label. No, I mean, the label didn't make headway. They were known because of those two artists, but they didn't yeah. have like other big I, I, yeah, I didn't people think on the so, roster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with Death Row, you had Dre, Snoop. The Dog Pound. Mm -hmm. Warren G wasn't signed to Death Row, but he worked on a lot of their early stuff before his solo career. Um, same thing with uh, Bow Wow. He mm -hmm. worked on a lot of their early yeah. stuff. Did you yeah. know that Bow Wow is in the music video for Gin and Juice? No, I didn't know that, but that was probably before he got famous. That was before he got famous. Yeah. And he's also the little kid you were uh, on the skits on the Snoop Dogg's on on uh, Doggy Style Snoop's first solo album. I and I I I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. and then Tupac came to the label later. You have the Lady of Rage, so they had some artists, but they didn't they didn't actually they only put out like really maybe five albums that are considered the masterpieces of that label's history. It, it's not like they have like thirty different albums. Well. Know? Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. And Nate, obviously, Nate Dog. Yeah. But, I mean, he was part of the dog pound, so. Yes, he was. Yep. He was. Yes. Everybody's favorite dog. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> woof. Woof. Oh, my goodness. Woof. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love you. Okay, I will. He sounds like you're getting tired there. Oh. No, I'm not. Oh, good. No, just because of my voice is softer and I talk a little bit lower doesn't make it mean I'm tired. Okay. I'm actually more awake than I was yesterday morning. Oh, good. Uh, yesterday morning, I was like, ah. I know. I was awake, but I was, but I think we both kind of were like, okay, I'm tired again. We were struggling. We were. Well, here's a question for you. Yes. I think I have a definite answer for this. Okay. But what's a more important record label, Death Row or Aftermath? And I know that technically they're both um, imprints. I would say Death Row. Okay. But I don't know anything about Aftermath. So Aftermath is a label that Dr. Dre started after Death Row. Okay. Now, technically, Eve was on the label, but she didn't release an album until after she left Aftermath. Oh, wow. But he, she was discovered by Dre. He discovered Frederick, who is a famous producer, mm. um, Eminem, 50 Cent, The Game, who I feel is extremely overrated, but he was popular. Mm -hmm. Exhibit kind of did stuff with uh, Aftermath. Um, I don't know if, he, I don't think he was officially ever signed to them, though. Mm. I don't know. That's an interesting question. You might be right. It might be Death Row. Yeah, it's the one I've been hearing about the most. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> Are they going to be executed? <laughs> well, you know, uh, Snoop bought Death Row recently. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's wow. trying to bring it back. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yes. Oh, God, I, I really hope that he does put out that album with Dr. Dre that he said that they're working on. Yeah. I believe, Snoop, that they are working on the album. Yeah. But I know that Dr. Dre, at least this is what I've heard, is such a perfectionist that he'll often just, like, will put yeah. projects to the side and never put them right. out. Right, right. That's the way it was, it was with the um, the album he did with Ice Cube. Really? So in 95, he was supposed to release Helter Skelter. Yeah. Which was a, and it was Dr. Dre and Ice Cube doing an album together after NWA. Isn't Helter Skelter another, um, another album by the Beatles or another song by the Beatles? It was a song by the Beatles. Beatles, It was written on the wall in, in, during the LaBianca murders. Yeah. Which were the ones that Manson did after, uh, the Sharon Tate murders. Yes, yes. And then, the Dr. Dre and Ice Cube put out that song on the Murder Was the Case soundtrack called Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I remember that. And that was supposed to be a lead up to the Helter Skelter album. Yeah. That was to tease people a little bit. Wow. The rumor is that they recorded the Helter Skelter album. Ice Cube was a little bit leery about the paperwork uh-huh. and Dre just didn't want to release it. So they, they just trashed the album they were uh, erased all of it wow so you can't even find that music anywhere now apparently that's wow. what i've heard wow yeah which is like as a fan i'm like oh god that's such a missed opportunity i would have loved to have heard that album yeah yeah what do you think about this i don't know i, I, I like i said i'm not really into that world i mean cube i think is oh my goodness one of my favorite rappers still Cube. yes he's one of my favorite <laughs> rappers and Dre is a producer. Oh my god, that would have been incredible. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what do you think? Since it's not the Helter Skelter album for you, but what are some oh, of your missed opportunities in music? What do you mean? Well, you always hear these rumors that either bands are going to get back together. Or certain artists are going to collaborate on an album. And have there been any that you've heard um, of that you thought that didn't happen, but you thought were like really big missed opportunities? You know, I'm not sure. I've heard about people that were on the rise and they never, they never, um, they were on, they were like an up and coming star, but they never uh, went far with their career. Uh-oh. But I don't know if I have heard any big um, missed opportunities. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good. That means you get disappointed less than I do there. Jay, whoa. Yeah, I get less disappointed just because people change, you know, their minds. And, you know, of course, the music business is so fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. Some people stay in the music business. I can't talk. Some people stay in the music business for a long time, but then they decide, I'm going to either stay with the label or I'm going to move I'm going to change a different label. Yeah. Um, it, it changes. It's a very, um, it's a business of change. Yeah. You know, so I don't really, you know, if it's disappointing, then, you know, if I'm disappointed by something, something else is going to come along. Exactly. You know, so I can't really hold on to hope that something's going to happen when it, sometimes it doesn't. We could talk about different record labels all day. 
I don't really want to do that. Okay, but I'll just throw out two more record labels. Oh, goodness. Ruckus. Now, I know that they're an under, or they were an underground record label, but they, it looked in the late 90s and early 2000s like they were going to like really blow. I don't think <laughs> I heard it. Who is a Ruckus? Black Star. Okay. And then the solo work of Maul Steph and Tylib Kweli. Um, Feral Munch was on Ruckus. They released the Lyricist Lounge albums. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they had a lot of stuff. But then the other one, which I can't believe I overlooked, it's clearly the most important label in, in hip-hop history is Def Jam. Of course. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't even think of Def Jam. Well, now you did. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably Motown and then Def Jam, right? Maybe. As far Yeah, as far as most important U.S. labels. I don't know. You don't know. Bitch. Maybe it could. You could be right about that. Yeah, deaf jammy. Deaf jammy. Jammy. <laughs> Make sure you wear your deaf jammy to sweep. I heard Rick Rubin is working on a book. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. That'll be something, babes. Oh. We gotta read that. I'm not really familiar with this guy. I've heard his name, but I don't. Okay. Know my I'll give you the brief biography. Okay. Okay. Rick Rubin is the founder of Def Jam Records. He produced the first LL Cool J album. He produced the first Beastie Boys album, the first Run wow. DMC album. Then he left Def Jam and produced uh, an album for Slayer. Mm. The later work of Johnny Cash. Wow. He produced a Blood Sugar Sex Magic for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. And a bunch of other albums, too. Wow, really? Yeah. So it wasn't just for... Um... L.O. Cool J and Run DMC. And no. The Beach Sea Boys. Wow. No, that, but that's how he started off, though. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but apparently he's working on a book. Oh. That's the word on the street, and I will read that book. Okay. I don't know if you will, Beavs. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too... I'm not really interested in Rick Rubin, but... Oh. Yeah. We, no, we had discussed possibly doing a read an hour today. Uh, It doesn't have to be an hour. It can just be like... A wee minute. No, not a minute. Okay, great. Like 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, or maybe the whole hour. Nice, yeah. Because I want to get to Lolita. I know, Bubby. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We we take such a different approach to reading books, babes. I, I don't like reading, like, two books at the same time. And sometimes I kind of like to, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. And I get back to the book when I get back to the book. I don't just like read it like for two days straight. I love binge reading. I don't. I don't like binge reading. You know why I don't like binge reading? Tell me. Because then there's some things that I might miss. Mm. Like just like binge watching. There are times where I'll do it for a little bit, like maybe for a few episodes, and I'm like, okay, I wanna, I wanna do something else. I wanna watch something else. I'm into binge reading, and my max as far as books that I that I can really read and retain. Is I can do three books at a time. Any I, I've tried doing more than that, and then I just don't retain anything. But if I do three, I can usually retain them and and still read them. I think I do that with shows. Like maybe I'll watch two shows at the same time. Like I'll watch a few episodes of one show, and then I'll watch another show. Yeah. But I don't like binge watch it where like I'll watch like ten episodes of one show and mm. then twenty episodes of the next show. I don't do that. I just can't sit there and do that for ten hours. There was a story in a book, and it might have been outliers, but it, it might have been something else. And they were telling the story of this autistic man who could hold two books in his hand 
and read both of them and retain them at the same time. That's insane. That is insane. But he what? he had other issues. He was like autistic and very high on the spectrum. I don't know. Autism is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I I told you I had a friend who had ADHD, and maybe that might be a form of autism in some ways, right? I don't know. It may, I, I don't, don't know. know. But she, I asked her to look for something for me, and she was so. She just concentrated on looking for what I was looking for because I was looking for the cover of my remote control and I couldn't yeah. find it. She found it within seconds. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, I don't know, like she's fo- she just focused on it because a lot of people that have either autism or like ADD or ADHD, they're super focused on whatever they're looking for, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yes. And she found it in seconds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, wow. Yeah. We have seen... Yep. Shifting to the movies, if that's okay with that you. That is totally fine. Some good films about media. Yes. All About Eve. Sunset Boulevard. Yep. Um, Star is Born. A Star is Born, yep. The Country Girl. Yep. Who Can Forget Network. It's it's oh. one of the best films on media ever, I think. Mm-hmm. And last night... And media, when I think media, I think obviously news, but I also think film television and uh music so mm-hmm. that's my definition of media okay right yes and the internet yeah we haven't really watched a lot of films about the internet but i hear what you're no, saying no. yes now it's the internet yeah internet parts of the internet would fall into that not completely but i i get where you're going with that yeah last night we watched the film it's not my favorite film about media but mm-hmm. it was really good called the bad and the beautiful Yes, I I thought it was a good movie. I mean, it it's may really not good. be it may not be your favorite film concerning media, but I thought it was a good movie. I'd give it an eight. I would too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I'm going to um a part of the film. I was really tired, so I'm going to try to give um a shortened um uh synopsis of it. But you can also chime in too. So yeah, you know, we give can... me the thirty second version of the film. Thirty seconds. <laughs> Well, it was based on this man named Jonathan Shields who was trying to um, make all these B uh, B movies. And he was this guy that wanted to control um, what goes on. Mm -hmm. And he had... um, He was working with um, Harry Pebble... Who was the was he the director or producer? I think he was a producer. No, right? he he was a producer by name, but he pretty much owned the studio. Right. Okay. And um, Georgia Lorison was the daughter of who was she the daughter of? I believe it was a family friend of Kirk Douglas, who was Harry Shields. Jonathan Shields. Yeah, Jonathan Shields. Not not Harry not Harry Pebble. Sorry. Uh, Jonathan Shields. Yes, and um, I'm dyslexic. She um it's she was turned upside down by Jonathan Shields because for a while she was very much in love with him. Thank you. But go ahead. Yeah, she was it's very not a form of autism. She oh, I think she was played by Lana Turner. She did a really she good was, job yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But she was very much in love with him and she pretty much would do everything to um make sure that he, uh, that he ended up um being her husband. But Jonathan Shields uh, was trying to control Harry. Um, 
he was trying to control that he was using Georgia for sure. Yeah. It's basically this story about how he screwed over these three people who yeah. went on to be very successful. So Harry is this friend who wants to direct a movie. Yep. There's Georgia, and then there's this other dude who is this writer. Something, um, I think Fred Emil. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, Fred Emil. That's right. Right. Because yes. he wanted to write the um, script. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to, but I mean, Kirk Douglas wanted he, him to write the adaptation of this movie. Yeah, he helped write the script. Yeah. And yeah. then they worked on other films together. Yeah. So, like, do you want me to help out a little bit? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to give the brief synopsis of how he screwed over each of these people. With his friend Harry, wanted, they, he had directed some low-budget movies, but he had wanted to turn a book into a motion picture that a lot of people had trouble with. Mm -hmm. Jonathan gets the funding to do this, but completely screws Harry out of his directing job mm -hmm. by getting a higher-profile dude to do it. Yep. Georgia, so he gets a part in the movie. Yep. And it's all good. And she's in love with Jonathan. Yep. Then on the night of the premiere, she discovers that he's cheating he's on cheating her. cheating on her with another he, lady. he kicks her out of the house. He yep. doesn't try to chase after her or anything. Yep. With the writer, it was more sinister, babes, because they need to work on a script. He gets the writer out of town and somebody to hang out with his wife. And what I'm thinking is going to oh. Yes. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is either Jonathan is going to take the wife away or the other guy is going to fall oh, that in love was, with the um, wife. Oh, that was James Lee Bartlow. Okay. Yeah. But that you, was, That's nice. But you know what I'm saying. And instead what happens is the wife ends up dying. The wife, yes, exactly. I thought maybe that she was going to end up cheating on her husband. That's what I just said that. I know. But I, I just wanted to um, confirm that that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Bubs. Um, and then... Basically, we hear these stories because the guy who owned the studio calls them all in and says, Jonathan wants to make a picture with you. And they all start complaining about him yes. and their working experience. Yes. I love the ending of this movie. <laughs> because it's such a thing that you could imagine artists doing where they all walk out of the room while the owner of the studio is talking on the phone with Jonathan and Georgia picks up the receiver and gives the other guys, the, the two other, the two guys there an opportunity to listen in on what's going on, the conversation, <laughs> implying that they walked out of it, that, that they could probably be swayed to go back to doing the picture. Yeah. I did like the character of Rosemary Bartlow. She was interesting. Yeah. Um, And so was her husband. Mm-hmm. I yeah I, I I seriously thought that that something was going to happen and she went bye bye and yeah. and remember that one part is like ah oh, well your wife is dead let's get back to work. <laughs> let's get back to work like he uh -huh. didn't even think oh I'm so sorry your wife is dead you you take off of work he was like yeah I'm sorry there's nothing you can do about it uh let's get back to work yeah like, oh that's terrible this was a really good movie I thought maybe. I, I I had a feeling that he had um something, um he was behind the scenes of uh um Rosemary dying. Yes. Yeah. For sure. He didn't want it to happen, but it did. It did. Yeah. So sad. I like this film a lot. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I'm surprised more people don't talk about it. I know, Lana. Remember that one scene where, um, Georgia. I guess she's played by Lana Turner. She was kicked out of um, Jonathan Shields' place, 
and she was driving in her car and she was just going completely crazy. And this is how, this is how you can tell it's good writing because most if this film was done today, she would have gotten into a car accident and the writer's wife would have just cheated on him. Mm-hmm. Because people are very into obvious writing and things that, that the audience can put together a mile away. The fact that they take these kind of left turns says to me that the people who wrote the script really knew what they were doing. Yeah. 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 And in the beginning, I thought she was kind of, I thought she had her issues too. She did. Yeah. They all did. They all did. They all have their issues when they enter Jonathan's life. Yep. And it's about how he kind of helps them get past that and also ruins them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but Kirk Douglas is so good in this movie. Yeah, he was. And I. Th- this goes into believability. Mm-hmm. This film is completely believable to me. There was no point where I'm watching this movie where I'm like, that could never happen. I believed every part of this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's, that's how um, messy um, being in the media business is. But it's also, it's real life. Like you'll, okay, maybe you're not going to meet somebody who's going to put you in a big budget movie, but you could easily meet somebody who's your mentor and then does something to screw you over. It, it doesn't even have to be a mentor. It could be a friend. Exactly. Well, in his case, I would consider him more of a mentor to these people. Yes, absolutely. You a know mentor, what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A mentor slash friend. Yeah, and they can completely take advantage of of your relationship. In some cases, yes. In some t- cases, just not take your feelings into consideration. Absolutely. But... This film, yes, it's about movies, but if you're somebody who is a truck driver, mm-hmm. you can relate to this. If you're a teacher, you can relate to this. Absolutely. Because it's 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 about people who are in movies, but at the end of the day, it's about people who have a relationship with somebody. And the movies is just the excuse to have this relationship. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the same thing could happen in the music industry. Yeah, the it's just the the movie industry is the backdrop that gets you in, but the characters uh, come out of everyday life. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Great movie. Yes, it was great. Great movie. Okay. We've already established that we would give this movie probably an eight. Yes. Would you recommend this film to your family, and if so, how do you sell it to them? I don't think I would have to sell it to them. I mean, all I would have to say, hey, Kirk Douglas is in the movie. Maybe they'd watch it. <laughs> they're big Kirk Douglas fans? Well, they, they're they familiar with Kirk Douglas fans, whether or not they are. I mean, they know, who, this. They know who Kirk Douglas is, but whether or not they're big fans, I don't know. Oh. Uh, maybe I should have said it that way. But um, but I think all I have to say is, hey, uh, there's a young Kirk Douglas in here. Maybe they'll watch it. Yeah, he's great in this. He's yeah. great in Paths of Glory. Yes. I mean... Who did he play in Paths of Glory? He was the, he was the commanding officer. Right. The one who tries... Not the head dude, but the guy who's, um, whose subordinates are killed you know, I, in the trial. The, I would, the now trial. that you mentioned Paths of Glory, yesterday was Veterans Day, right? And yes. I was I was just thinking about the movie Paths of Glory and how... Um, oh, it was... Uh, it was such a. It really makes you think. Yeah. About the people that are, um, uh, that were being drafted, and in the movie it really shows like 
Some people were drafted in the in the movie anyway. Some people were drafted that didn't want to go, and they were just so scared of dying. I mean, it it really makes you think about stuff like that. And Kubrick directed it. Yeah. Uh, every Stan, telling movie. Every Stanley Kubrick movie I've seen, with the exception of Doctor Strange Love, I've really enjoyed. And I'm and I'm in the minority on that one. Most people consider it that film a classic. I'm I'm like the only one I know who doesn't. Is that like a really bad sci-fi movie? No, think? it's a comedy about mm-hmm. nuclear war. Oh, okay. And to me, it's not. I don't. I didn't hate it. It just didn't really make me laugh. Okay. Yeah, but every other film I've seen that he's done is like a masterpiece. Really, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as funny as like Young Frankenstein. No. Okay. No. Okay. And that was a weird movie. Well, to give you an example, when Don't Look Up came out, a lot of people were comparing it to Doctor Strange Love. Oh, okay. Because it's about, like, the end of society, how politics plays into that. But Don't Look Up was, like, really, really funny, though. Yeah. Funny, but also kind of disturbing. At the same exactly. And, and that's how Dr. Strangelove was meant to be. But for whatever reason, it, I just didn't resonate with the film. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I do want to watch Eyes Wide Shut at some point, and it is on Netflix. Oh. 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 But Kirk Douglas, honestly, mm-hmm. I knew who he was, mm-hmm. but until recently, I just thought of him as Michael Douglas's dad. Oh, I knew who he was. I just didn't know anything. I just wasn't familiar with any of the movies he did, especially the older ones. I knew movies that he was in, but I never really watched them. Yeah. I can't believe he lived to be 104. Yep. Wow. Wow. Checked out right before the pandemic started. He had great timing. Uh-oh. Yes. Well, he had no control over uh, when he was going to go. I oh, my goodness. He, he was an old guy. <laughs> oh. oh. Now let's see if Michael Douglas lives to be that old. Yeah, he's got to uh, stop uh, going down on this Oh, one. my goodness. He does. he does. Didn't you say he, he admitted that on the Howard Stern show or something? He's never like? been on Howard Stern. Oh, I'm, okay, okay. He admitted it when? He was on some interview, I think with the magazine, and he said that he got throat cancer from going down on women. Oh, goodness. Which you never want to get throat cancer. It, it is a very, really very horrible, and it's a And it's a horrible way to get it, too. But it shows that Michael uh, Douglas is a good lover. He cares about his partner. Oh, my goodness. And Catherine Zeta-Jones would probably wash up a little bit. Oh. Now give me a kiss. Bubs. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> mm. Well, not only did he get throat cancer, but um, <sighs> he also was diagnosed with bipolarism, too. Ouch. I know. I, I, I remember that, too. I'm like, oh, boy. That's got to be really, really tough. Well, maybe that's why she doesn't wash down there. Bubs! Now, babes! Bubs, don't be disgusting. Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> I love you, babes. Bubs, but no, on, that's just gross. For real, the bad and the beautiful was really good. It was. I highly recommend it. It was. It was, for sure. Yes. Now, um, I unfortunately wasn't too awake for uh, the next movie we watched called Red Dusk, which was kind of a weird movie. <laughs> it was weird. I did enjoy it, though. I thought it was I good. I enjoyed whatever I um, remember um, of the story, but I think I'll let you um, handle this one. Okay, I'll make it very quick. Okay. They're in Asia, I believe China. Mm. I could have that wrong, though, because uh-huh. I was falling asleep, too. I was... Yeah. I saw I saw the movie. Yeah. But I wasn't completely there. Okay. I didn't fall asleep during it, but I was, you know. Okay. Thinking about sleep. 
Yeah. And Clark Gable owns this farm. At my stomach says something. That sounded really bizarre. <laughs> and that came from me, babe. It's a cat. Oh my goodness. It was mewing. Okay. What else? <laughs> Just kidding. And people come on and off of the farm. <clears throat> At some point, your girl Jean Harlow gets there. Yep. They end up making love. Make it out. I, it's implied that they did more than that. But you don't see that in the film. Uh, obviously not. Yeah. yeah. Sometime later, I think it's actually the next day, a guy comes there with his wife. Yep. Now, the guy had caught a fever. Yep. And Clark Gable is also a doctor. So he says, you know, this man is going to die if you don't help him out. He yeah, says, he had to give him bromide. Yeah, says this to the wife. Yeah. And then it was implied, and then, um, it it was implied that um she was going to have an affair with doctor. Well, I was going to say the yes, she has an affair with him. Yep. Husband gets better, helps with the farm, and there's a night where it gets really, really rainy, and pretty much now everybody on the farm knows that Clark Gable has had sex with this woman, except for the husband. Yeah. There's one point where he's hanging with the husband and he's telling about this is what life is going to look like in like 10 years. Clark Gable tells him to shut up, goes back to the farm, starts shrinking with Gene Harlow. Mm-hmm. It looks, I thought he was forcing himself on Gene Harlow. Oh, did it? Really? But from the way she acted afterwards, it may have just been that they were starting to get together. And it was like a playful thing. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. She leaves the room for a minute. The wife comes in. There's a commotion. She ends up shooting Clark Gable. Oh, that's right. But he he survived it. Yep. Husband comes back because he had heard this rumor. And Gene Harlow and them all kind of say that, you know, she was defending herself against Clark Gable. They leave the next day. And Clark Gable is being read these children's stories by Gene Harlow. <laughs> Like, are you, are you, I, I thought that was a funny scene because he's, he, she, he's like, am I expected to hear all these bedtime stories? <laughs> Gene Harlow has a lot of charisma in this movie. And yes. is she like the hottest woman in U.S. history? No, but you could tell that for her time, she was a very attractive woman. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she kind of plays some crazy characters. Like she played a crazy one in Bombshell. Yep. And she plays a crazy one in this one. Didn't she have a small part in, um, oh God, what was that movie? It was like a 1930 film about a gangster. Was it Public Enemy? One? No, yeah, it was Public, Public Enemy. Enemy. Yeah. I think she has a small part in that one too. She's yeah. good. I Public, like a lot of her Public stuff. Public Enemy, excuse me, Public Enemy wasn't as, uh, it wasn't good, but wasn't she was good, she was good in it. I remember she was <sighs> in that one, yeah. yeah. I want to watch more of her films. Maybe we point. could look for one tonight, but That's possible. See something so Mean Jean Harlow. Mean, G- mean Jean Harlow? No, I don't know. Okay. Alexa, when was Jean Harlow born? Jean Harlow was born on March 3rd, 1911. Wow. Wow. Well, she died really young, too. She... I, she died, I think, on my grandfather's birthday in 1937. So that wow. would have been March. That would have been June 5th, 1937. Wow, she was super well, young. Let's see if I have that right. Alexa, when did Jean Harlow die? Jean Harlow died on June 7th, 1937. Okay, so she died super two days young. after my grandfather. Super birthday. young. She could have been a star. Yeah. Super young. Like, think of how crazy that is, babes. Mm-hmm. 
she died when my grandfather, who passed away from Alzheimer's a couple of years ago and COVID, was two. That's how long she's <laughs> no. been lived for. That's how long this lady's been gone for. She so he was born in 1935. Yep. Wow. Yes. Wow. So she's been gone for a minute, babes. I know. Yes. Okay, so he he died at the the ripe old age of 85. Yep. Wow. Yes. Of COVID and Alzheimer's, but that she's been gone for that long, and she's she has a really strong presence in this film. I, I like Clark Gable a lot in it. Yep. But Gene Harlow really shines in this movie. I would agree. They both gave great performances. They did. I don't know who played uh, Mrs. Willis. I forgot what her name was. And everybody else is good. They're just not at that level. Yeah. I mean, she was great. I really liked that they didn't downplay Clark Gable. Like, he he tells the wife at one point, hey, I'm not going to just be with one woman. Uh-huh. You know, it would have been so easy... For them to say, this is the 30s, let's cut mm-hmm. that part of the dialogue out. Or let's not have it to where the wife actually cheats on her husband. But they right, don't right, do right. that. Now, right. this is also a pre-code movie. Because I think the Hayes Code took effect in like 33 or 34, if I'm remembering right. So this and, slipped in right under that. Oh, and, and if we didn't mention, uh, I don't think we did, the title of the movie is called Red Dusk. Well, I thought we did talk about that. I don't think so. Oh, it was really good. It was good. Yeah. Um, it was good for what I remember being awake for because I was really tired. It's not a perfect movie. Some stuff could have been explained better. Like, if this is a farm, how did Gene Harlow just happen to get there? I know. And he's a doctor, Clark Gable, but he also owns a farm. So there's some flaws yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. But I did like it. I'd give it a strong seven. What about I, I give it a seven, too. A strong seven. Yeah. Um, the other... Um, uh, the bad and the beautiful was better. Yeah, it was. Um, but this is a this is a strong seven, and there were some funny parts to it also. I liked it. Yes. Would you recommend this to your family? Yes, I would. What would you tell them? I don't know. You like this movie? I don't know why. No, I don't. <laughs> this is a this is kind of like a a a, a more of a comedy. It it seems like. There's a fair amount of drama in this. Film. There is a fair amount of drama, but there are some funny parts too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, both Jean Harlow and I don't know who the other lady was um, gave really good performances, and so did um, Clark Gable. Yeah. For what I was awake for. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that many Clark Gable movies. <laughs> I know. I mean, obviously, Gone with the Winds. We saw it happened one night, one night, this and maybe something else. Was it Mutiny on the Bounty? Yeah, Mutiny on the Bounty. That was a good one, too. Yeah. We got we, well. Maybe we maybe we could look for some uh, Gene Harlow and uh, Clark Gable stuff tonight. That's possible. There's also that new Netflix documentary about uh, black culture that's supposed to be really good. Black just, cinema. I think it's about black cinema. It just came out today, actually. Oh. And that's supposed. It's getting really good reviews. <sighs> I will think about that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Babes, did you have any dreams last night? Yes, I did. It was very strange. <laughs> tell me. Are you okay? <laughs> dying of... No, but tell me. Are you okay? I'm dying of Kona. Oh. Of COVID. <laughs> and Kona coffee. I've had too much Kona coffee. You don't even drink coffee. Uh, that's why I'm dying from it. I, I love the smell of Kona coffee, though. <laughs> tell yes, me Yes, I did have dreams. a weird dream. I don't know what house I was at. It might have been mine. It might have been my aunt's house. I don't know. But I was trying to get away from this guy that at one time was my friend and his wife and kids. Oh. 
and I won't get into the story about um, how he was in my life because I've said it before, but um, they were going to go somewhere at, I don't know, like 12 o'clock and he was getting the kids ready. I don't know how old they were. And, um, uh, his wife ends up in the kitchen talking to her son and I'm like, I got to get out of here. This is just weird. And then I wake up. Nice. Yeah. It was very strange. And, and the weird thing is that I've had three dreams with his, uh, wife in, in my dreams, but I don't, I don't, I don't even know this woman, but you know how sometimes when you have dreams about people that you've never met, yeah. but you hear about, mm -hmm. it's odd to me. It is. Yeah. Yes. So that was my dream. I don't know why I had it. And that was that. Very good, babes. Yeah. But you didn't have any dreams, obviously. No. I told you, I haven't been able to really, I think I had one yesterday, but it left as soon as I woke up and I haven't had any that yeah. I've really retained since the start of COVID. Oh my goodness. Since the start of my COVID, not since the start of the pandemic. <clears throat> right. But I'm bunch. <coughs> but I'm bunch. Well, babes, I know that you got your pink sweater on now. It's green, I think. No, it's like a pink sweater. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was green. Well, you're blind. Totally. Well, I don't. I thought it was green, Bob. Okay. I, I, well, thought, I still love you. I thought it was green. I still love you, babes. Maybe there's another one that's like this that looks green. Maybe. Um, I heard this was a nice sweater. Yes. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Why did you talk about my pink sweater? I, I just brought it up because in 30 years, I might forget what you're wearing. <laughs> no, you won't. Or in, I don't know, 200 years when somebody's listening to this. Uh, it'll be I don't even know if this world is going to be around in, in um, as far as, like, I don't know if uh, if there's going to be anybody alive in 200 years. There might not be. According to ALC, we got like 12 years, so. Well, less than 12 years now. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, according to her, which I think is completely laughable that... <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't have brought up the pink dress if we're going to be gone in like 11 years, but... You no, know. according... No, AOC doesn't know what she's talking about, but anyway. Oh. Does anybody really know what she's talking about? Because I don't. Well, definitely not Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hey! <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? She's a lot more coherent than uh, Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Miss well, Sandy Cortez from New York New York Time, New York Town Heights. Well, I guess um, maybe she is more coherent. I guess the yoga teacher really helped her out when she was cheating. God! <laughs> yeah, maybe AOC's white boyfriend is a lot more coherent than she is. I'm her white boyfriend? No, not you. Oh, why do you have a problem if she has a white boyfriend? No, no, no. I don't have the problem that she has a white boyfriend. It's just, just that she said some pretty racist things, and I don't know. It's just, well, Marjorie. Some, okay, we're not talking about hey, them. It's shoes, people. Mm. Ah. Okay, enough. Okay, we're going now. No, no, no. <laughs> we're going now. Here's a question. No. All right, all right. Doesn't Marjorie Taylor ah! talk about Jewish lightning a lot? No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. I've heard clips of it. Ouch, ouch. Here's a <laughs> clip. Enough, enough, enough. Okay. Right. Uh, we're not talking about them. Okay. Please. All right, all right. Well, I know you want to I know you want to go on and on and on about politics. Oh, well, I love you, babes. Okay. All right. Bubs. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, babes. Ugh. All right, give me a kiss. Okay, do I have to? 
Well, it's either that or we talk about okay, okay, okay. Miss Green okay, and Miss okay. Lightning. Alright, or you can give me a kiss. Okay. Mmm. Mmm. Yes. What am I going to do at this point? You mm -hmm. are going to take everything I say as the gospel truth. But it isn't. Oh, do we know that for sure? Ugh. It isn't. I don't know. Love. But I love you, babes. Or you could just give me some chocolate and we'll talk about the gospel truth thing later. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I will give you chocolate in oh, just good. a minute. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, we got to wrap this up. Okay. All right, so give me a kiss. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.